1: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children and builds specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, as well as work to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He's never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades-in-arms nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. dot org. More Than
0: a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael.
0: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had
2: a
1: shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall.
0: Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality. Podcast. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. On this episode, we have the one and only Peter Schweitzer. You will know him from his many best-selling books. He's an investigative reporter and author. His latest book, Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich, Helping China Win, is really important, and I'm excited to talk to him about it now. Peter, great to have you on the show. Uh, great
0: to be with you, Buck. Thanks for having
2: me. So just, just give everybody, uh, if we could start this, because you know we're going to talk Biden, and we're going to get into yep. some of that. <laughs> and we're going to talk about some of the specifics here of, of individuals who, uh, it seems, were willing to certainly sell themselves, if not sell out their country a little bit, on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. Give us a sense of the scope of the problem.
0: Uh, Yeah, the scope of the problem touches basically all the corners of America, Washington, D.C., Silicon Valley and Wall Street, and is predicated on a very simple idea that the Chinese have, which they call elite capture. Uh, they've used it in New Orleans. Uh, sorry, New Orleans. They've used it in New Zealand. They've used it in Australia. They've used it in Singapore. Uh, and the idea is pretty simple. Rather than go to toe, toe to toe with countries uh, and, and have confrontations, you basically buy off their political elites. And you do that by giving commercial deals to their family members. And it's working very, very well in the United States. It includes people on both sides of the aisle. And it includes some of the biggest names in Wall Street and Silicon Valley as well.
2: So give me some, I mean, you know, we're, like I said, we're going to get to the Biden component of this, but it's a lot more than that. And China's yeah. um, efforts to undermine the United States from within, in a lot of ways, I, I find even more frightening, Peter, than some of the, the, you know, the Soviets were relying on ideological fellow travelers, comrades, right? For the Soviets, it was this false promise of a utopia. Find some <laughs> malcontent in America, Who thinks that eventually he'll be greeted, you know, this back in the in the fifties and the sixties, the seventies, he'll be greeted as a hero. There were the occasional, whether you know, an FBI turncoat or somebody who was doing it just for the money, but you know, usually the money's not that good. And if you get caught, you're gonna go to prison forever, right? So it was people that were ideologically motivated usually. With China, if they can give people millions and millions of dollars and they're not going to jail for it, I feel like that's a lot more. Problematic for us because it's a much more persuasive bargain and therefore gives them much greater leverage to undermine the U.S. from within. No, I mean, this is a key point, Buck. Um, we've never faced
0: anything like this, and you're correct. I mean, the Soviets, others like the Cubans, use an ideological appeal or they find somebody that's got personal financial problems that needs a le- little extra cash. What the Chinese do is they appeal to um, our sense of capitalism. They appeal to our sense of friendship. Um, And they embrace it. uh, And it's very, very effective. And where there are people that are so wealthy, like Bill Gates, who don't necessarily need money from China, they appeal to their sense of value as a world leader. So a guy like Bill Gates, you're not going to necessarily get by some commercial deal because he's already worth one hundred billion dollars. But you can name him one of the 50 most influential people in Chinese history right next to Karl Marx and, and Mao. And you can give him awards and President G will shower him with attention when he shows up so they're very good at taking our weaknesses uh, taking uh, perhaps uh, some of our sins or sinful nature and using it to their strategic advantage and they've been masterful at it and as you point out not really any of this is illegal which is what makes it so right. challenging
2: right it's if you take a, a suitcase full of money to give the names of uh, you know US, Agents operating in, let's say, the Soviet Union—it's treason, and you know you could even get the death penalty for this, right? I mean, you're you're in a whole hell of a lot of trouble. If you get millions of dollars for consulting from China because you're some kind—you of, have some kind of business interest in that country, or they're going to pay you for your expertise. That's just capitalism, baby, right? That's a whole different ballgame. Give us some sense of who. Who's involved in this in a way that when you were doing your research for Red Handed, the book that everybody should check out, get a copy of right now, how American elites helped get American elites get rich, helping China win. um, Who's involved in this? That was a little surprising or their involvement in getting rich from China was so egregious that you had to say to yourself, is this really what's going on? (laughs) Good
0: question. Um, Well, I'll give you a couple of examples. One that was particularly appalling to me, I think it's an illustration of what selling your soul looks like, is a a Wall Street titan um, named Ray Dalio, Mm. Bridgewater Associates, the largest hedge fund in the world. Ray Dalio, in 2017, wrote this glowing book called Principles, ironically. And in that book, he describes uh, a a gentleman from China who's had this profound effect on him, and he writes glowingly for seven pages, how wonky. Sean, uh, has been this remarkable force for good on a global scale. He talks about him as this sort of philosophical giant that's unlike any leader uh, that we've had in the last hundred years. And he just gushes on and on and on. So I'm thinking, who is this guy, Wonky Sean? I look it up, and of course, he is Xi's enforcer. The Economist magazine calls him the most feared man in China because if you get disappeared in China, Wonky Sean is the guy that makes it happen. And so I thought to myself, what prompts a guy like Ray Dalio, who's clearly smart, he can go and look at what The Economist says about this guy. Why is he gushing on and on and on for seven to 10 pages about how wonderful this person is as an individual? Well, about a year after he publishes the book, Wonky Sean is the Chinese official that approves his company, Bridgewater Associates, to become the first Western financial firm to offer hedge fund products to the average person in China. So to me, that is a classic example of the appalling lengths to which people are willing to go in order to cash in. Before I go
2: to the... I'm, I'm trying to hold myself back here a little bit on the political, because <laughs> I, want, I want to know sure. the full... Everything you got on Biden, everything you got on Pelosi when it, when it comes to this stuff. I think it's interesting, though, on the on the cover of of your book, Red Handed, LeBron James is there. How does LeBron James find himself on the cover of a book about people selling out to China? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well it's interesting LeBron James uh, actually probably makes more money uh, from his deals in China than he does in the United States uh, and he has some very lucrative deals with Chinese state media and other entities and while people are familiar with sort of the the kerfluffle in uh, you know 2019 when the Houston Rockets general manager you know stood up for the uh, freedom protesters in Hong Kong and LeBron James told him he was uneducated his appeasement of China actually goes back a lot longer Longer than that, um, which is one of the things that was surprising. Uh, in, in 2008, uh, there was a big petition drive in the NBA uh, concerning Darfur, uh, Sudan, where there were millions, sorry, hundreds of thousands of black Christians being massacred in Sudan. The government was backed by the government of China. And so the petition drive called for a condemnation of the Chinese government backing a government that was massacring hundreds of thousands of black Christians. The petition went around the NBA. A lot of people signed it. One of the people who did not sign it was LeBron James. Uh, And the reason was that he even then had clear signs and designs on expanding his uh, business empire into China. And that's why to this day he will not criticize China and is an example to me of this kind of sellout mentality. So you have in this case, an athlete who talks about black lives matter, but apparently these 200,000 black lives in South Sudan did not matter because the people that were perpetuating the massacre were people that were also paying him money.
2: I want to come back now. I'm going to allow myself to start asking some of the political <laughs> questions. that I, I, I held sure. back as long as I could. Um, but first, I want to tell everybody at home, please, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe because we have a whole lot more YouTube interviews like this that will be coming up in the weeks and months ahead. Also, we're going to have some of my rants, some uh, monologues will be appearing here on the channel going forward. So please click subscribe, bottom of your screen. And also, uh, you see all the headlines these days about what's going on in the economy. We got a rolling bank crisis. It's not over yet. We've got high inflation. Got a lot of the big hedge funds out there are preparing for a brutal summer in the markets, and that could mean massive recession. I mean, who knows? Look at the commercial real estate sector. The dominoes could fall at any moment. So what do you want to do in the meantime? Sit around and wait? You can take action. You can prepare for the future with the purchase of gold. Look, I want our dollar to be the world's reserve currency forever, but... You might want to take a look at what's going on with the dollar and with the debt these days and take action by having real solid precious metals, gold and silver at home. The value and stability of gold thats both an investment and a hedge against inflation has been proven throughout history. Gold and silver can be a protection plan for your portfolio. Call the Oxford Gold Group. It's who I use. It's who I trust. It's who I've been getting my gold and silver from for years. 833-430-BUCK. That's 833-430-B-U-C-K. They make it easy. They've been at this for a long time. They can send it right to your home. It's secure. It's safe. It's discreet. Call the Oxford Gold Group today. They're knowledgeable and trustworthy. uh, 833-430-2825. That's 833-430-B-U-C-K or uh, 2825. All right, Peter. So we know that the Bidens, we're going to build up to that one. Got a lot of money from uh, China. What's the Pelosi-China connection?
0: Uh, Yeah, this is very interesting. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, when she came into Congress uh, in in, uh, the late 80s, uh, was actually very anti-CCP. She, at one point in the 1990s, was part of this congressional delegation that showed up and tried to unfurl a banner on Tiananmen Square, and the Chinese police kind of went after after Congressman uh, Pelosi and took it away, and it was sort of this big incident, and she had that reputation for a long time. That started to change in the 2000s, and it changed critically around Around the 2008 Olympics, because her husband, Paul Pelosi, was the owner of a luxury limousine company, uh, and they were sought out and offered and given uh, an exclusive, very nice contract to deliver VIPs in Beijing as part of the Olympics. And that was the beginning of the commercial ties that started to exist between the Pelosi's uh, and China. Uh, They they took a big stake in several China investment funds. Nancy Pelosi's son made several trips seeking business deals in China and secured some there. So Pelosi has kind of reversed course. And while she does things like take these trips to China, uh, sorry, to Taiwan, uh, that was so high profile, Her general posture towards China is exactly what Beijing wants. And and this is really important, Buck. What the Chinese are looking for from elites that they capture is not sort of a robotic, the CCP is great, we love Mao. They describe it as big help with a little bad mouth. In other words, they, they want help on the big things that matter, which is trade policy, military policy, not calling them out for COVID, those sorts of things. If you ding them on human rights, if you say Taiwan's a great place, they'll live with that. So Nancy Pelosi is absolutely a captured elite. And you see this dramatic change in her posture that begins to happen when her family
2: starts securing commercial deals in China. Can you also give us a sense for these uh, elites on the political side or on the on the corporate side of the of the downside, if you will, financially of, of crossing China? How How on it are they? Right. I mean, are there examples that you came across with this where um, someone either broke from the line that Beijing wants or refused to play the game that Beijing was trying to dictate to them and uh, they got hit?
0: Well, the most dramatic examples would be uh, in Hollywood, guys like uh, Richard Gere and Brad Pitt, who did movies that were favorable towards uh, the Dalai Lama or Tibet, uh, and they cannot get any of their films distributed in China, um, which is a huge limitation. Uh, In in the political world, in the corporate world, it generally doesn't happen. Wow. Um, if, If you look at Mitch McConnell, for example, his wife, Elaine Chao, they have a shipping business that... Really, beginning in 1993, the Chinese government said to the Chow family, hey, tell you what, we will build the ships for your shipping business. We'll finance the construction with state-owned banks. We'll provide all the crews. We'll give you all the contracts to ship those goods around the world. The Chow family said, yes, absolutely, we're on board, and the business grew exponentially. The problem is now that it's generally acknowledged that if Mitch McConnell were to lay down the gauntlet on China on these issues, again. Big help with a little bad mouth. They'll tolerate some criticism. But if he were to lay down the gauntlet, the Chinese could destroy the family shipping business overnight. Uh, That has a massive deterrent effect, and I think that's the reason we don't see too many people defect once they've been captured by the Chinese.
2: Do you think it's fair to say at this point, I mean, do you feel like we can't trust the Senate majority leader on issues related to China because of this? I mean, is he compromised?
0: Uh, I I think he is. Yeah. I mean, look, the the, the family shipping business is now enormously successful. They're highly dependent on the Chinese. Uh, His father in law gave him a gift of, I think, twenty five million dollars, sort of a friendship gift to his son in law that directly came from the shipping business. Uh, And you look at the other members of the Chow family, his in-laws, Angela Chow, who's Elaine Chow's sister, sits on the board of directors of the Bank of China, which is the state owned bank. Um, You look at uh, some of the other businesses that the Chinese state shipbuilding corporation has started. That's the biggest military contractor in China. When they launched those businesses, uh, they put Mitch McConnell's father-in-law and sister-in-law on the board of those entities. So, uh, yeah, I think it's very, very hard for him to extricate himself. Again, he will be critical of the Chinese. But when push comes to shove on these issues, he will not push and support legislation that will sort of lay down the gauntlet, whether it's on covid or national security issues.
2: Yeah, this, I, I get this sense. You hear a lot of talk about standing up to China and you hear it from Republicans and Democrats now. And then I always wonder how, right? Like what this is. And and I I feel like this is now the expectation. It's, oh, you know, we're going to sure we're going to do so much about China. But the Chinese know as long as everything stays as it really is, nothing really changes for them. We're going to get into Biden here in just a second. But first off, you know, this week I did something really special. It's the first for me. I got to interview this amazing market analyst with a tremendous record of uh, incredible predictions, including going on TV and calling the 1987 stock market crash before it happened. Uh, that guy was my dad, Mason Sexton, and he launched a new product this week. The first time in 30 years that he's come forward, he's been advising hedge funds behind the scenes for years now, but he decided given where the market's heading now, he wanted to tell people what he thinks is going to happen and how you can get ready for it and how you can actually make money. You can defend your capital and make money if you know how to make the right moves. He's worried about what's happening, and he says it's just weeks away before you're going to see some massive moves in the market that he's predicting. You want to see what the predictions are? You want to see how he wants to guide you through this turbulent time in the markets? Go to Disruption2023.com. See how my dad, Mason Sexton, is going to be predicting the markets. Disruption2023.com. That's Disruption2023.com. All right, Peter. Peter. The Biden crime family and China. Tell me what I need to know.
0: Well, I think what you need to know first off is that in, in contrast to the McConnell's or even others like, uh, uh, you know, the, the Trump family who has had commercial ties in China, the Biden's don't actually have an underlying business. You know, the Kushner's have real estate The you know, Ivanka Trump had her shoes made in China, but she actually had a shoe line. Mitch McConnell's company actually has a shipping company. The Bidens don't have a business. Uh, That's the first thing that you have to understand. The second thing is the flow of money from China began when Joe Biden became vice president of the United States. And shortly after, Barack Obama anointed him publicly as the point person on policy towards China. That's when the spigot began to open. And if you look at the emails, the laptop uh, emails, you find that some $31 million has flowed to the Biden family based on the wire transfers and the communication in the emails. but I think the most troubling part of this, Buck, and I think, you know, with your background, you'll appreciate this uh, perhaps more than anyone, is you can identify the four people, I name them in the book, the four people that made it rain for the Bidens in China. Each one of those four has ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. So, for example, Che Feng, he uh, got that BHR private equity deal. It's worth about $20 million to Hunter Biden. At the same time that Che Feng secured that deal for Hunter Biden, He was business partners with the vice minister of state security in China, the vice minister of state security responsible for the recruitment of foreign nationals to spy for China. If you look at Henry Zhao, who transferred $6 million to Hunter Biden, at the same time he made that happen, he was business partners with the family of the former head of the ministry of state security. All four of the people that sent money to the Bidens, again, with no underlying business, no service or product in return for that money, each one of those individuals was tied to Chinese intelligence. That, in my mind, is not a coincidence. And I think we have to stop looking at the Biden situation not as just corruption. This is a foreign intelligence operation. This is a Chinese effort to capture America's first family. And I believe they have successfully done so.
2: How much money? went from anything connected to you know a chinese national okay any bank any what to hunter biden directly like do we have an aggregate total yeah, so we know
0: that there was six million sent to him by Chairman Yi. That's the CEFC Energy Company. Uh, before he ended up CEFC, he was the head of a Chinese military intelligence operation. Hmm, that's a coincidence. Um, that was, that was yeah. <laughs> exactly. So he sent six million dollars uh, to Hunter Biden. We know that Henry Zhao sp- sent $5 million. He's the guy that was the, the, the partners with um, uh, the, the former minister of state security. And then we have this BHR private equity deal. We don't know the valuation of it, but the University of Chicago Business School did an estimate and said that his stake, which he was given by the Chinese government, was about worth about $20 million. So there's $31 million right there. That doesn't include other deals that we know of, but we don't know the dollar amounts. And I think that thing we have to remember with this congressional committee, the Oversight Committee, is they've gone through four of 12 banks that the Bidens used for the transference of this money. So they have the total at $11 million right now. That number is going to continue to go up, and I think it's going to probably ultimately
2: surpass $31 million. What is that money supposed to be for? You know, I I often make jokes. This is true, by the way, Peter, you know, back in the day when when they actually would allow Republicans or conservatives to go on CNN and argue with people, I would point out to them about the Hillary Clinton Foundation, which I know you've done a lot of work in the Clinton Foundation, um, that at some point paying someone eight hundred thousand dollars for a speech is just a legalized bribe. The same way that, you know, if I were in if I were in public office and all of a sudden my wife was a painter and people were buying her paintings (laughs) for a million dollars a piece out of nowhere, that's a bribe. Right. I mean, this is this is very and Hunter Biden's actually doing that, which is what I think is so amazing. I mean, he's selling these paintings for fifty thousand dollars a piece. What is the money that went from China to the to the Biden interests supposed to be for? Like, what's the cover story, if you will? And is it illegal? You know, that's always it's gross. But is it illegal?
0: Uh, Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm not a lawyer Uh, on the legal part. I would just say. If it's not illegal, it should be because I mean, do we really want do we really want to live in a country where the president of the United States family, the secretary of defense, the Senate majority leader, their family can go to China and just scoop up gobs of money and they can say, well, it's not illegal. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. I don't think anybody wants to live in that country. So um, the legal part, I'll, I'll set aside. But, you know, if you look in these emails and you look at the communications, this money is for, quote unquote, joint ventures that never appear. So, Henry Zhao transfers $5 million to Hunter Biden in 2015 for a quote unquote joint venture. Does a joint venture ever emerge? No, it does not. And the money goes into Hunter Biden's personal pocket, it does not go into a business account. When the, when the House Oversight Committee released their you know, recent report, Hunter Biden's reaction, when they disclosed that you know millions of dollars had flowed to him from this energy company, he said that that money was a good faith seed money i don't know what that means and i don't know why good faith seed money going into a business ends up going into the pockets of family members rather than actually of the underlying business itself so the subterfuge is joint ventures partnerships but they never emerge they don't exist uh, and they're as you said just a cover for the transfer of money to the biden family
2: yeah so effectively if if i told somebody, you know, if, if my dad was the president and I said, you know, I I'm a I'm a world-class chocolate chip cookie maker <laughs> and so my cookies are worth a million dollars each. You know, I'm people are supposed to accept that that's they're paying for the cookies, right? <laughs> joint right, venture. Right. Like I I've tried to raise right. money for things before. I've been in I've been in venture capital meetings. I've, you know, if you just said, "Hey, give me 20 million bucks for a joint venture, TBD," <laughs> I mean, people would think you were out of your mind. I mean, they would think that there was something truly wrong with you, but not if you're Hunter Biden. Um, and, uh, and I think it's remarkable that this is where we are and the pollution of both parties that's occurred is really stunning. Uh, Peter, I want to come back and ask you, uh, what is the what is the cleanup process to this, if we were willing to do it as a country? What does that look like? But before we get there, um, you know, I, I recently heard from a, a listener to uh, the radio show who's traveling on airplanes constantly and he said, look, I made the ultimate business travel move, left his laptop behind the airport security uh, line. Now you leave it behind. And now what do you do? You're all, you freak out, right? Because he doesn't find out until he lands the next destination. Is he ever going to get it back? The good news is he had iDrive. Our friends at iDrive had him backed up. This is the same company that Rush Limbaugh was talking about for years on his program. iDrive provides an online offsite computer data backup service for just seven dollars a month. So no matter where you are, with or without your regular laptop, you can access your most recent computer backup and lose all your data. It's most helpful to our listener who found himself, you know, a thousand miles from his laptop, but his data was available to him and his data was secure and safe. With iDrive, you can back up all of your PCs, Macs, servers, and mobile devices into one account for one cost. It is PC Mag's winner, eight years in a row for best cloud backup solution for everybody consumers, businesses, everybody. iDrive is the easiest, most secure backup cloud solution. Plans start at just less than $7 a month, so it's really, really cost-effective. Get 90% off your first year when you use my name, Buck, in the sign-up process, or so just go to idrive.com. That's idrive.com. Okay, so how do we clean up the mess of China making so many of our elites red-handed, the title of Peter's excellent book, by paying them off in various ways? What does that look like, Peter?
0: Uh, I think it begins with public shame. Uh, I think shame still works, and I think you're starting to see already that Apple and some of the big tech companies realize that this sort of panda embrace that they've had uh, is not popular. So Apple's starting to ship, uh, you know, shift its uh, production of iPhones to India. That's going to take a while. I think in Washington, D.C., it begins with disclosure. Think about it this way, Buck. Joe Biden has to disclose every two hundred dollar campaign contribution that he gets. He has to disclose every you know thousand dollars in GE stock or whatever he has in investments. But if his son goes off and secures private equity deals with the Chinese government with 20 million dollars where he has no expertise, doesn't do anything for the money. There's no disclosure requirement, so that's absurd. So we have to change the disclosure laws. I think if you have a, if you are in government, elected or unelected, at a senior level, you have to disclose if your family members have commercial ties with China or other state-backed companies. Uh, that's the beginning of the process. But I think the Bidens will be a test case. And I think the fact that Joe Biden had to commit in 2020 to no more foreign deals, and I think so far he seems to have honored that, is an indication that people know how unpopular this is. So this Congressional Oversight Committee investigation of the Bidens is key and it's important. It needs to be disclosed. When people say it's going to end in a prosecution, I don't know if it is or not. But the American people need to know what the first family's commercial ties are to China. It needs to be pounded into them. And that, I think, is the beginning of the process. And I feel like it's starting to turn. I just saw a, uh, a Harvard uh, poll that came out that showed 63% of independents believe that the Bidens engaged in illegal uh, influence peddling uh, uh, during his vice presidency. That's among independents, among Republicans, it's even higher. Uh, so it indicates that attitudes are starting to shift on this.
2: Isn't it also remarkable? I'm I'm sure, Peter, that uh, you haven't had for your research on this, particularly as it pertains to the binds. But you point out Mitch McConnell, um, yeah. Trump's have business interests, but it doesn't. You know, I I don't think that uh, leveraging Ivanka's shoe line being made in China was going to change right. Right. the trajectory of Trump right. foreign policy. To be fair, but I, but I remember the uh, Washington Post writing pieces about the emoluments clause. I'm sure you remember this right. too, right? Like just oh, yeah. the notion that there were foreigners going to the Trump Hotel in D.C. to buy, you know, uh, the hanging bacon they used to have there with a little blowtorch, I've right. a few times, and the cheeseburgers, right. that, that was a violation of the Emoluments Clause. Joe Biden's son is a bag man walking around the globe to the worst, you know, our biggest, in Ukraine. Oh, could you talk about that first? We didn't get into that. Did you, well, what's the Ukraine's, I mean, we all know Burisma, but remind everybody yeah. what happened with Burisma and Hunter. Well,
0: the thing with Hunter is it's a veritable United Nations of corrupt people. I mean, it's China, it's Ukraine, the energy company Burisma, uh, which, um, you know, was giving him a million dollars a year, something he didn't know about. Let's also remember that he was working uh, for Yelena Baderina. She sent three point five million dollars to him. She was the wife of the former mayor of Moscow, who was, by the way, identified in WikiLeaks in a State Department cable as somebody involved with Russian organized crime. Um, so, I mean, this is the thing people have to realize with the Bidens. Their, quote unquote, global business did not include companies in Tokyo, companies in Berlin or London. They went to Ukraine and China, which were the two countries that, by the way, were Joe Biden's portfolio as vice mm-hmm. president of the United States. And then they went to Romania and Russia. This is this is where they found their business partners. So uh, it it is a consistent example. And the notion that. Somehow, well, that's Hunter Biden's business. Joe Biden was not involved is also laughable because the target of the money was Joe Biden via his son. That's why these foreign entities were paying Hunter. Uh, And there's evidence in the laptop that, in fact, Hunter Biden was providing funds to his father as vice president, which is not legal. Uh, he was subsidizing his lifestyle, so Joe Biden himself was a beneficiary of this foreign money that was flowing to Hunter Biden. So you are quite right. This this notion of double standards. I believed at the beginning of the sort of Russia Gate collusion investigation, it ought to be looked at because it was so shocking, uh, and then we realized there was nothing behind it. Um, but the fact that Democrats and the left have resisted investigating the Bidens to me is just appalling. And I think it is going to really damage the reputation of the mainstream media as this information
2: continues to spill out. The book is Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. Peter Schweitzer, always appreciate your work, man. Thank you so much for being here with us. And uh, if you happen to write another book, you need to come back on the program and tell us about it. What do you say?
0: <laughs> I would love it, Buck. Uh, thanks. It was a great time. Thanks. Thanks so much.
2: More than 3,300 were helped last year alone because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tonta Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org.